is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Okay, if you'd like to uh, grab a Bible, if you've got one to hand, we're going to look at it together in a moment. Uh, But just as you find that, uh, Tim referred to our prayer meeting this week. And it was a fantastic evening. If you were there, you'll know what a great time we had on, uh, was it Tuesday evening, praying together. I had a bit of a, a double booking and, uh, and I think three meetings booked for Tuesday evening. And I remember saying to David, this just isn't going to work. I don't know how I'm going to get to this. And so I got to one early on in the evening. And then I said, look, I've got to leave. I need to get to another meeting. And uh, I, I got to the prayer meeting just as it started. I was so pleased I did. It was such a good evening, such a good time praying together. I was so pleased that I got to prioritise that over somewhere else that I should have been as well. And there's a wonderful sense of God's presence, there's passionate praying and worship, and and God speaking to us quite profoundly. And what what I found particularly encouraging was that some of the things that God was speaking to us about prophetically tied in with what I had already begun to prepare for this morning. And you know it's, you know it's good. And when that happens, you think, ah, oh, you know, maybe, maybe we're hearing God on this. Maybe this is, this is good. I mean, Susan, she, she, are you sitting there, Susan? Or have you, have you gone out with the kids? Look, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Um, I'll let you off. So what you brought earlier, you started to touch some of what I'll be sharing next Sunday at the carol service. I'm thinking... I hope she stops soon. She's going to do my whole preach. <laughs> but isn't that good? When God's speaking to us, so you know what I'm talking about next, next Sunday, um, but I've been preparing that this week as well. And what you brought felt kind of like in your heart tied in with that. And you think when that happens, you think, oh, we're beginning to hear God. He's speaking to us. Well, that happened on, when, and on Tuesday night as we prayed. Much of what was shared and what was brought prophetically tied in with what I wanted to share this morning. And we'll get to that in a moment. So some weeks ago, I felt that this would probably be our last Sunday in our Why series that we've had this, um, this term. And I called this morning Why Advent, because I wanted to preach about Advent. And so Why Advent is my title. If you're making notes, that's what you can stick somewhere towards the top. And I want us to consider this morning the time of Advent, Advent, what it's for, and look at what we're waiting for and what we're looking forward to. So that's where we're going to go with this this morning. And uh, you'll see as we begin to unpack some of these things, why it ties in with what God was speaking to us about at the prayer meeting earlier in the week. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence with us. Father, we thank you that you have been speaking to us. And we pray now as we, in a moment, open up your word, you would once again speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, I want to ask you that you would come and you would have, you would find in us hearts that are open to hear from heaven this morning. You would find in us hearts that are soft and malleable to your spirit, that you might do a work in us and uh, help us to understand what we read, to put it into practice and to become more like Jesus, that you might be glorified through us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. (coughs) Amen. So what is Advent then and what is it for? Well, in the traditional church calendar, Advent is the time leading up to Christmas. 
It includes the preceding four Sundays and is primarily about looking forward. It's a time of preparation. It's a time of looking forward to something that's going to happen, looking forward to celebrating the birth of Christ. It's an anticipatory time, if you like. But unfortunately, in our modern culture, the time of Advent has become more about our shopping and less about our saviour. That's what it seems to me. This has become more about our shopping and less about our saviour in the run-up to Christmas. And so right at the top of our message here this morning, as we look at this, I want to encourage us this morning, I want to encourage you and me this morning to use this time of Advent not just to prepare your home for Christmas, but to repair your heart. Not just to look forward to um, what's going to happen in your home over Christmas. That would be good. But to repair your heart for what God wants to do in you in this time of year. See, as we approach this time in just a few short weeks where we celebrate the birth of Christ, wouldn't it be good if our hearts were as prepared as our homes. Many of you, I guess, have put up Christmas trees already. Some of you have thought, oh, it's too early, I don't want to get to it. Some of you have had them up since before the December even. And I guess you're putting up decorations, putting up cards as they arrive. Wouldn't it be great if our hearts were as prepared as our homes? That we're looking forward to celebrating the birth of Christ and all it means to us and I'm not for one moment suggesting that we check out of life and check into a monastery somewhere oh, some of you might like that idea for a few weeks that might sound attractive but let's just ensure we don't miss what God wants to say to us at this time of year as we approach Christmas see Advent is a time of waiting it's a time of promise we're looking forward to something that's about to happen and more accurately, we're looking forward to celebrating something that happened a couple of thousand years ago. But we're looking forward to this date, aren't we, where we're going to celebrate it and thank God for it. And in the Bible narrative of Jesus' birth, we find some people who are somewhat surprised by what's going on. But we find others who were waiting. They were looking forward to something like this happening. They were looking forward to the Messiah coming. And when it happened, when he was born, they celebrated. So those who were shocked and surprised, and there are others who celebrated. So let's go back a couple of thousand years and look at one particular individual who was looking forward to it and whose heart was ready. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We're going to read from uh, verse 22. If you've got it with you, just have it in front of you. We'll, we'll read through. Luke 2, 22 to, uh, to 32. When the time of their purification according to the law of Moses had been completed, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. 
He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. So Simeon was looking forward. So we don't know much about him. We don't necessarily know that he was an old man, but it sort of implies that, doesn't it? It implies that he'd been looking forward to seeing um, the Lord's Christ. And then he prays and says to the Lord, might dismiss him in peace because he's now seen this. It's, as like, it's like he's been waiting for a while. Maybe it's a long while, but he's been waiting. He's been looking forward to the consolation of Israel, to God breaking in, to seeing the Lord's Messiah come. See, things in Israel at the time were not in a good place. There was darkness. There was desperation, despair. There wasn't a lot of hope around. Heaven had seemed silent for the past 400 years. There hadn't been a prophet in the land. The last prophet was Malachi. And then it seemed that God went quiet. But around about 400 years later, after that, John the Baptist started his ministry. Prepare the way for the Lord, was his cry. So now, some 400 years after Malachi, something's happening. John the Baptist enters the scene and declares, prepare the way for the Lord. His role is to prepare people to receive Christ. Some were ready, many were not. But some 30 years before John the Baptist declared that, and introduced people to Jesus, something was happening. This is what was happening. A baby had been born. Simeon saw what was going on. He was excited. You see, he stood true to God's promises. He knew that God had spoken to him, and he was thrilled that he saw the answer. He was righteous. He was devout in his waiting time. Now there are others too who had hope. There were others too who were looking forward. People like Elizabeth, like Anna. There are others who are waiting on God, trusting him. And the text tells us that the Holy Spirit was upon Simeon. That's what we're told here. The Holy Spirit was upon him in verse 25. And it's not really like the post-Pentecost Holy Spirit experience where the Holy Spirit is poured out on all of God's people. But rather, this is more like Old Testament times where the Holy Spirit comes on individuals at particular times for particular purposes. It's more like that. And he was led by the Spirit and was so happy to see what God had promised him. And he prophesies over Jesus who is only six weeks old at this stage. 
So he, you know, it's not like he's done a lot and think, oh, well, I've, I've seen something in his ministry. I can prophesy something. No, no, he's a baby. He's six weeks old. And Simeon prophesies over him. He saw that Jesus had come not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles as well. That includes us. Most people 30 years later would miss that. But Simeon saw it. In Simeon we find someone who was faithfully waiting. He hadn't given up. He'd stayed true to what God had spoken to him about. You see, during Advent, we wait for about a month. We look forward to Christmas. We're in that waiting period. Sometimes it seems like an eternity. Certainly if you've been shopping over recent weeks, it would seem like an eternity that the shops have been looking forward to, to Christmas and playing festive music in their stores. Suddenly to children, Advent seems like an eternity. Is that, it's almost like, they, are we nearly there yet? Car journey of, of horror, isn't it? It's like, is Christmas here yet? Well, no, not, not yet. Is Christmas here yet? Is it today? Well, no, no, not, not yet today. It's only a month or so. But Simeon had been waiting a lot longer than that. Looking forward to seeing what God had spoken about. See, one day, something happened. 400 or so years, heaven had seemed silence. What was God doing? What was he saying? Why wasn't anything happening? No news, nothing to report. And one day, at just the right time, the appointed time, in fact, Gabriel is summoned into action. He's sent to Elizabeth, who will give birth to John the Baptist. Several months later, he's sent to Mary. Suddenly, he's on mission. Things are happening. He's being sent, and God is at work. Heaven is starting to speak again, and angels start getting ready. They see the work of the Father before them. They think, ah, something's happening. And then all of a sudden, glory breaks out upon the earth. Jesus is born to Mary. Angels celebrate. They sing his praise. Shepherds are sent to visit. Wise men see a star. People start to see God is faithful to his promises. Even though it had been a while, it hadn't been a while for God. At just the right time, at the appointed time, the promise started to be fulfilled. It's seen there's an initial flurry of activity and, and then it seemed to go quiet again for about 30 years until Jesus went public in his ministry and said why he had come. God, it seems, is not in a hurry. I might be, you might be, but God isn't. God isn't in a hurry. See, God isn't rushed. He's not panicking to get things done right now. I wonder this morning as we, as we sit here, what are you waiting for? What has God spoken to you about that you haven't seen yet? What are you waiting for? And what are you like in that waiting time? What are you like in that waiting time? The key questions for us this morning. What has God spoken to you about? What are you like in that waiting time? Simeon was waiting. 
God had made a fairly big promise to him that he would see the Lord's Christ before he died. He was waiting. But he kept his heart right. He kept his heart right. Kept looking. Kept waiting. And eventually he saw. Another example of a biblical hero, uh, I guess of mine, maybe of yours, who had to wait would be Abraham. God was in no hurry with him, it seems. <laughs> Made lots of promises to him. Often didn't tell him all the details. He was just told to go, <laughs> and off he went. But you see, God does a great deal in us in the waiting time. God is as interested in the waiting time and how you respond then as he is in the fulfilment time. For us, very often, we're just interested in the destination. What's God going to do when we get there? How's it going to work out? What am I going to be doing? What is it going to look like? What is God going to do? But God is interested in the journey to get there. He's just as interested in the journey and what he's doing in your heart, how he's working on your character, how he's teaching you about himself, how you're learning about his faithfulness. He's just as interested in what he's doing in your life now on the journey as he is in what he'll do when you get to the destination. God's interested in how we respond. He's interested in our hearts. And God works on us in that journey time, in the waiting time. Probably he works on us more in the waiting time, very often. Then when we get to the destination. You see, it's an issue, friends, of faith. Abraham and others were commended for their faith. Hebrews 11 puts it like this. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. He's commended for his faith for staying true to what God had spoken to him about, for being obedient, even when he still had questions. So if this morning you feel that you're in a time of waiting, maybe a time of preparation, ask yourself this question. What is God doing in me now? What does God want to do in me now? Not just then when we get to the destination that we're heading to, but now, in the journey, in the waiting time, in the time of looking forward to it, in the time of preparation, in the time before we get there, what does God want to do in my heart right now? Because it isn't just about what happens here when you get there. It's about what God does now. About what he does in your heart, what he does in you in the journey. My Bible reading notes this week said this, and I quote, When the Messiah finally arrived, so many people missed it. The innkeeper, the people of Bethlehem, the scholars, Herod, all of Rome, only a handful of people got it and were ready. Jesus Christ is coming back to this earth again, it went on. The question is, have we done more to prepare for the celebration of a past event 
than we have for a future one. We may all be ready for Christmas, but are we ready for the return of Christ? God really spoke to me. That really hit me as I read that and read some scripture to go with it this week. You may be ready for Christmas, but are you ready for the return of Christ? Because he's coming back. Bible makes it very clear. He's coming back. Are you ready? Are you living in such a way that your heart is ready, that you're looking forward to the return of Christ, that you're looking forward to him coming again? Are you living in a way where you're, you're allowing God to do something in you and looking forward to that day? Are you living your life in such a way as to honor him, to be full of the Spirit like Simeon was? You see, we read about Simeon in Luke 2, and here was someone who was waiting for the promises. He was waiting for the promises. God had spoken to him, and we're not told that he was old, but the text sort of implies that he was getting on a bit. He hadn't given up on God. He hadn't given up and said, well, Lord, I haven't seen it yet. You must have changed your mind or maybe blown it or I've, I missed it or whatever it is and sort of got stroppy about it. He just stayed faithful. He just stayed close to God and kept on looking because God had spoken to him and he knew that, that God is true to his words and so he believed him and he kept looking. He stayed faithful to him. In Simeon, we find someone who was certainly ready. He was looking forward to the coming of Christ, his first coming, and he was ready. He'd probably spent a long time waiting, but he hadn't given up. He kept his heart right, and when he saw the fulfillment of the promise, man, he rejoiced. He was thrilled. Can you imagine how it was that day for him going home? Like, today, I saw it. All these years I've been waiting. All this time I've been looking forward to seeing the fulfillment of God's word. And today it happened. Imagine him speaking to his friends. Imagine what he would be like. I mean, imagine his Facebook status that evening. You know, the guy was happy. He got to see what God had promised him. Because he kept his heart right. He hadn't given up. The Bible doesn't tell us how he knew. It's interesting, isn't it? You think, how did he know? I don't think Jesus came in with a big sign. You know, I don't think Mary and Joseph came in carrying Jesus and with a big sign above his head going, Messiah, and some arrows pointing down. And Simeon going, ah, oh, I see it now. I don't think it was like that. I think God revealed it to him. We're told that he was moved by the Spirit. We, we can see that uh, he wasn't even in the same place. But verse 27 tells us, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. See, he was still looking. He was, his heart was right before God. He, he was still open to God speaking to him. Holy Spirit going, just, just over there now. You, you want to go in right now? Not yet, not yet. Just now. That one. And God spoke. God spoke. His heart was still soft. He was still listening to God after all these years. Simeon kept his heart right. How's your heart doing? How's your heart doing? Is your heart right before God this morning? How's it doing? Tim and I both referred to the prayer meeting this week. And um, I mentioned that 
what was brought to the, the prayer meeting, what some of the words that came prophetically, seem to tie in with this morning. Uh, let, let me explain that and tie it all together as we begin to come to a close. I think it was uh, Lou that brought a word last Sunday uh, about a train and uh, somebody looking at this train and, they, and God was going to speak to them and there was somebody that was interested in those sort of model trains. And Paul referred to Louise's words and uh, applied it a little differently. And, and we felt that God was speaking to us as we t- talked it around the room about this train moving and us needing to be on it. That this train was going to move and we needed to be on it. And it was uh, like God was saying to us, I'm about to move. Don't overanalyze. Don't get too caught up in the detail. There's a train moving off, so don't miss it. Don't miss what the Holy Spirit is doing. I'm about to move, God said to us. Don't be so analytical that you miss the journey. And it's like we could be so caught up in the, hey, look at the train. Look at the intricacies of this. Look at, what, look at how it's built. Look at everything inside it. And you get so caught up in the detail that you somehow miss that the train's going. You see, it was exciting for me because I knew I was going to be speaking today. And it was though God was preparing our hearts to hear him. He was saying to us, I'm about to move. I think it's a crucial word because it, it ties in with the subject of waiting. It ties in with the subject of looking forward to something. And in the waiting time, you can get caught up with other things. You can get distracted. You can stop waiting patiently. And when something doesn't happen straight away, you can start to get critical or overanalyze. And then you miss it. Or you can be so impressed with the train, you know, you can think, oh, it's an amazing train. You can just be polishing it and sort of tinkering with it and making adjustments here and there. And you miss the entire purpose of it, which is to take you on a journey. I feel that we're in a bit of a waiting time as a church. But I also feel that God has spoken to us. He's about to move. So let me ask you, are you waiting patiently? Are you looking forward to God about to move? Be prepared. Just as this time of Advent is looking forward to Christmas, look forward to what God wants to do in and through us. I want to encourage us this morning not to miss it. Don't miss out in what God is doing. Don't get so caught up in analysing things that you miss what God wants to do in you. And worse, become critical of it. You see, I do believe it's a warning for us not to miss out on what God wants to do in us. It's sometimes said that the fiercest critics of any move of God are those who who were involved in the previous move of God. It's shocking, really, isn't it? Oh, really? Is it it like that? Very often it seems to be true. It's as though people can't move on, can't understand that God's doing something new, something different. Simeon had to keep his heart right probably for many years. Maybe you will too. But don't miss out on what God is doing. Don't miss out on what he wants to do in your heart along the way. God is speaking to us about getting ready. Advent is all about getting ready. 
God is speaking to us about getting ready. So as we get ready for Christmas, let's get ready for Christ. Scripture tells us that Simeon kept his heart right with God by being full of the Holy Spirit. We're told that the Holy Spirit was upon him. Wouldn't it be good if we could be described in the same way? (laughs) Oh yeah, the Holy Spirit is upon him. He's upon her. What a great testimony. This Advent time, as you prepare for Christmas with family or friends, let me encourage you in these things. Remember what this time is really about. Look forward to the return of Christ as much as to celebrating his birth. And finally, keep your heart right with God. Be watching for him to move and be ready when he does. Can we stand together? I'm going to pray. Perhaps if um, the bands can come back, please. I'd like us to sing a song together to close. I think there are some of you here this morning that God has spoken to over the years. Maybe you feel God has made some promises to you, but you haven't seen them fulfilled. You're still in the waiting time. You sometimes even question that you, you know, you're waiting for the right train. <laughs> you somehow missed it completely. And I feel God wants to minister to you this morning. If that's you, I feel that God has grace for you and wants to come to you. You may think, oh, but it's years since God spoke this particular word. And that might be the case. I think it was years for, that Simeon waited. I think if that's you this morning, I'd love to pray for you that you would know fresh grace in the waiting time. I'm not going to pray that the waiting time speeds up somehow and the promise is answered this afternoon because God does stuff in us in the waiting time. And that's just as important as the destination. But I do want to pray that you'd know God's grace and his spirit with you, coming to strengthen you and be with you as you wait for the fulfilment of what God has said. If that's you, I'm going to pray in a moment. If that is you, if you could just come to the front as I, as I pray. I'd love to pray with you particularly in a moment as we, as we sing. So let's just stand before the Lord. Let's pray together. And if you want to respond particularly to that sort of word, and you come as I pray, and we'll pray for you particularly in a second. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word to us this morning. We thank you, Jesus, for the example of Simeon. Thank you, Lord, that in Simeon we see someone who was faithful to you, faithful to your promises, faithful to what you had spoken. And Father, I pray this morning that we would be faithful to you, that, Lord Jesus, we would be those who are faithful to what you've spoken to us, that, Lord, we wouldn't be so focused on the destination that we'd miss out what you want to do in us in the journey. So, Lord, as we believe you've spoken to us about a train, you've used these train words over the years to us, actually. It's not a new word in some ways. Some years ago, Lord, you said there was a train called Revival and it was coming to Derby. And, Lord, we want to pray that word back to you this morning and say, oh, God, would that be true? But, Lord, as we think of 
of this particular word about a train? Would we, would we not get so caught up in, in the detail of it and overanalyzing it and, as it were, polishing it and tinkering and we just miss, miss it moving and are not on it? Lord, we want to be on what you are doing. Lord, if there's one place we want to be, it's where you are. It's where your spirit is. It's where you're at work. Father, we, we don't want to miss that, Lord. And so we stand before you this morning as your people in this place. And we say, oh God, in this church, would we not miss what you want to do? Would we have hearts that are open to you, hearts that are open to receive, hearts that are soft before you, that you might keep speaking to us and that you might do all you want to do in us in the journey in order that we might you want us to be when we reach the destination. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.